Hi, I'm Mackenzie Fagan, and this is 112BK, coming to you from downtown Brooklyn. Coming up, Scarlett Johansson, Emma Stone, and Tilda Swinton join us to talk about Asian-American representation in comedy. I'm 33 years old, and they just saw me do comedy for the first time this year. Really? Mm -hmm. What did they say after they saw you? My mom says that I speak very clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Along with every Asian I know, I went to see the movie Crazy Rich Asians opening weekend. We know the importance of numbers. Afterwards, I called my friend Lisa, who's half Japanese, and I asked her what she thought. She said she cried through the whole thing, which I found confusing because it's a pretty funny movie. When I asked her why, she said, because Asians were doing everything. I knew exactly what she meant. The ingenue, the hunky leading man, the sassy sidekick, the bimbo, all of them were Asian. This in contrast to the norm, which is that if we're lucky enough to be cast at all in a movie, we're playing the role of the Asian. That character is probably nerdy, definitely subservient, either a eunuch or a prostitute, depending on whether it's a man or a woman, and definitely not funny. Our next guests are pushing back against that stereotype with a monthly variety show at UCB called Asian AF. Jenny Aramoto, welcome to the show. We also have Nicole Pasquale, welcome, and Donald Chang, welcome to Woman 2 bk Thank you very much, yeah. Um, so maybe first question for Jenny and Nicole, who's less funny, Asians or women? <laughs> Oh, it's it's a hard one, right? Every day I wake up and I drink my matcha and I dwell. I think I look out the window and I think about that. Maybe eat a salad while smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So why the need for this show, Asian AF? Talk to me about the inception of it. Oh, I mean, th- that, I feel like that's a Will Choi story, who's the producer of the show uh, and the creator of the show in L.A. and who brought it to New York at the first New York show. Every Asian performer that was on the lineup looked at into the audience, saw a sold out audience of Asian Americans and just uh, other people in general. And were just so blown away by the response. And we just had never seen anything like it. And it was like your friend who saw Crazy Rich Asians. We were just all crying. It was really beautiful. Yeah, I went to Bubble Tea recently, which is this queer Asian party. And it was like a similar experience of walking through the doors of a club in Bushwick and just seeing a sea of queer Asians who had all, you know, turned out. uh, And it was amazing. So I imagine, like, if you're in the comedy world, that feeling is mirrored there as well. So it started in L.A. at UCB. Mm -hmm. And how long has it been running at UCB in New York? Oh, I think it started in 2017 was when it first came here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that it has since then, like since the beginning, has sold out every show. Wow. Uh, And is the only show, I think, that has come from L.A., uh, to, to New York that has sold out every consistently. So it's like one part improv, maybe some stand-up, but then also just Asian performing artists doing their thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And the audience, as you said, are predominantly Asian, or is it sort of a mixed bag? I, I mean, it's it's definitely more Asians I've seen in an audience yeah, in yeah. any other show. I would say it's Asians bringing their white, white friends. Boyfriends. Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh. just, yeah. just say it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the performers and their white boyfriends. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. right. I'm curious, like, if, if you have um, a predominantly Asian audience, does that change the way you feel about telling Asian jokes? Like, are there certain jokes that you wouldn't tell if you looked out and just saw a sea of white faces that you would tell if you had a more Asian audience? I do think certain things land differently when you do scenes that are maybe based off of your Asian 
you know, like experience. Um, and so that's kind of nice when you see people that you're like, oh, we have a shared experience. You do feel, I, I don't know, I feel more comfortable doing mm-hmm. certain things yeah. that are like maybe more specific to Asian culture or my upbringing. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, al- I also feel that sometimes when I hear a joke that is pretty specific, and I laugh, say it's like a Chinese joke, my mom's Chinese, and I'm laughing. Then if I see a white person laughing, sometimes I'm like, but you can't laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's mine. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, are we laughing for the same reasons? Like I'm laughing from a place of like familiarity and love. Mm. And are you laughing at me? I guess, I mean, my parents talked to me about like the, when they watched Coco. And they were like, that movie destroyed us. Because like Korean culture is very similar to Mexican culture. And they were like respect for their ancestors. Right. And they were like it destroyed them. So I was like, it feels like that where you can see a similarity in culture, or at least like I know someone who like has that exact experience. So I hope it's not like yeah. they're like there's some universality, yeah, right? There's universality. Yeah. So I'm, I feel it's a little, yeah. I'm like, if they paid the price for the ticket, <laughs> do whatever. Yeah, yeah, laugh, whatever what you, you want. want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more Please. just like, if I can get a laugh, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we were talking about sort of like Asian characters or Asian representation in movies and, and film from my youth, from my producer's youth as well. And the one person who we came back to is like, oh, like, was there a quote unquote funny Asian character in movies was Long Duck Dong, mm-hmm. who unfortunately was this like minstrelly type of Asian character. And we weren't supposed to like, we were supposed to laugh at him. We mm-hmm. were supposed to think that he was a caricature. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, are there, are there Asian stereotypes or Asian humor that you won't touch or won't make jokes about for fear of like treading that line? For me, for sure. I like, I think I just, I don't do accents. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. At all, because like even I don't know. Even if it, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Sure. And anytime I see it, I always like at least get a little on edge before I'm like, no, this feels like it's coming from a true place or anything like right. that. Right. Yeah. Right. So we have a bunch of different Asian countries represented at this table. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the uh, interchangeability of Asians playing? roles of other Asians. Does that bother you? Or are you at this point like kind of, we'll take whatever we can get? I think at this point, because I'm, I'm an actor too. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we're, we're, like, actors. we're staring at each other. <laughs> yeah, like, so you're just like, like, what would uh, my agent say? Yeah, no, I mean like, it, there's definitely that moment where like, do I feel comfortable doing this? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the role. Because like, first of all, it's like, we never make that a point when like white people are playing other uh other white races, other white like nationalities, or like black people playing other black nationalities. So I think like at right now, I'd be fine with it as long as it's done respectfully and believably. Yeah, because I, I'm a multiracial Asian person, Thai, Chinese, and white. And if you cast me as an Indian person or anything that like just you know I, anything that has to do with like you know the colorism, like I don't know what I'm trying to say, but if you have to like paint my face a certain way, then I don't think it's right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Black face, brown face in general. Not yeah, good. Yeah. Not Yellow good. face, also very bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any uh, characters in from movies or TV from when you were young who you remember as like sticking out in your mind as, as oh, wow, I see myself. Any Asian characters? Yeah. So for me... Um, from uh, Western culture, not really. I actually watched a lot of Thai soap operas with mm-hmm. my mom, and I'd watch the Chinese soap operas with her too that were dubbed in Thai. And I must have been watching all of those one because I found them very entertaining. But I think it was because I saw myself in them. A lot of in the Thai soap operas, they have a um, Thai people, but they also have like multiracial Thai people, and that was where I saw my representation. So I mm-hmm. unfortunately could not find it in the U.S. I would have to watch recorded VHS tapes that were sent from Thai. <laughs> Thailand to see myself. Right. 
Yeah, similarly, I grew up watching Japanese TV at home, so I feel like I did feel myself represented, but once again, not in Western culture. It was also very much specifically Japanese TV. I'm thinking now, and like the only thing that's popping up in my head is、um, the Power Ranger, the yellow yes, Power the、Ranger. yellow、oh、Power、God. Ranger.、Um, yes, so I was like, we're there. Right.、Um, we can't be Pink Ranger, but、right. we're Yellow that's Ranger. Right. That's right. That's、yeah. right. How reductive. The Black Power Ranger. He's Black. Yeah. The, the pink yeah. ones, the girl, but not the Asian girl because she's got to be yellow. Right.、So. Yeah. yeah. I totally remember fr- <laughs> like when you're playing in like your friend's basement and they're like, you have to be the yellow ranger. Sorry, I pointed、yeah. at you, Jay. But, like, <laughs> but I get it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was one that came up for me as well. I mean, the only other one that really sticks out is、um, Bad Bitch Waverly from the Joy Luck Club. But I feel like that movie was so significant because you had an entire Asian cast that there, it allowed for personality differentiation.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what we talked about in the intro, where it's like all of those daughters were very different in their own ways, and Waverly was just like, you know, fabulous with nails and furs.、Mm-hmm. But I'm curious about, like, you know, when you are performing in a group of all Asians, does that, does that feel freeing in a way? Like, does that allow you to explore different facets of your comedy or like your personality? In ways that y- you aren't able to when you're performing with, I don't know, a predominantly white group? I've been doing comedy for a long time, and this is obviously the first time I've been in a group that's,、uh, I'm not the only Asian person on the、yeah. team.、Mm-hmm. But I- I've never felt like any of my previous groups have made that an issue where like, they say, you gotta play the Asian role,、yeah. <laughs> or like, you gotta do the- those jokes. Like, I don't think it makes a big difference there, but I think, like we said before, it allows us to make those more specific choices of like, One of the first shows we did, we were able to do subtle things like took our shoes off when we were、oh, coming、yes. into like, a room in a scene, <laughs> and like, the audience went wild just for that small detail.、Yeah. <laughs> and I was like,、right. yes! Yeah. They understand. Yeah.、Um, Donald was in, a, this was a sketch, and not Asian AF, but at,、um, at Who Made the Potato Salad Asian Takeover, that was、uh, written. <laughs> that it's a POC comedy show that's run by X Mayo and Which is fabulous. But there was a sketch about、uh, a Korean woman having an intimate relationship with a Japanese woman and her being haunted by her Korean ancestors because of what in the past the Japanese have done to Korea. And I, when I saw that sketch, when we saw it being written all day and like Donald worked on it, he was one of the ancestors. I was like, I would have never have seen this if this was not a room of all Asian American talent sharing their experiences and making something of it. Like, I just would never see that kind of comedy. Right. That's so nuanced. It's、yeah. like next level Asian content.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, I saw that、uh, there was a stand up set that Brian Park did. I don't know if this is from the UCB New York or UCB LA show,、um, where he talks about a woman saying that he was attractive, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. For an Asian. <laughs> that was definitely New York, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard that yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah、uh, it was a great set. What are some of these like, particular challenges that Asian men faced in casting? Donald, I don't know if you want to take that one. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I've actually,、uh, I'm doing a, an event tonight that's actually about that, about Asian masculinity. But also, I've done other talks about that too. But it's like, for a long time, we've never been cast as like, the boyfriend or the hot guy. It is, like, like you said, always like the nerd, the maybe the best friend. Like, I think. What was it? The Perfect Score? Did you ever see that movie? It was, about, it was a、no. heist movie where like, high school kids、uh, try and like, steal the SAT answers. And it was the first time I saw an Asian guy break any stereotype because he was like, the pothead like, comedic relief.、Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, that broke some barriers. But like, 
that was the first time you get to see something like that. And we have like all these new roles opening up, but like it's still we're making slow progress. But um, also worth noting that like Henry Golding, who is I think objectively extremely hot, yeah. also half white. And yeah. you know, I think that we need to interrogate like why that choice was made. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing. There's there's that other movie that just came out, The Sun is Also a Star, and the yeah. the lead of that is like uh, written as a Korean man, and then the lead is also like only I think he's a half mm-hmm. Korean. Um, he's gorgeous, so I right. like mm-hmm. totally get that. But yeah, I think that's been a thing where like half uh, mixed race people, like half white actors, are like taking the Asian roles and like you know mm-hmm. maybe because it feels like they're <laughs> more recognizable. Sure. I mean, I think that there is an argument to be made for like an approachability, right? Like where there's like, and I don't know if you Mm -hmm. experience this as well as somebody who's mixed race, but like you are of both cultures and of neither culture. Like you're just approachable enough in many ways. And I think especially when we're talking about Asian masculinity and about Mm -hmm. how for so long Asian men have been sidelined is like, you know, not leading man material is like Henry Golding, the gateway drug. Yeah, I think, well, Henry Golding in an article, and I, Donald, you may have heard me say this, uh, he, when when faced with this question, he really did say, like, I really do consider myself uh, Malaysian and, what is he, English? He's like, from the... He's yeah, from the he's UK, right? Fish, yeah. And he was like, I don't see myself as, ha- I don't describe myself as yeah. half of anything. I am both. I feel like I culturally connect with both and and that's how I identify and I'm not going to let anyone else tell me otherwise and I I totally feel that way too and I've also started using that language of like I am Thai and American I'm not half of either but on the other side of that I think we do need to acknowledge that yeah western media has definitely made us feel competitive in this way for POCs to feel like there's only very limited spots. And also Asian entertainment does, and Asian culture in general, does have colorism issues and racial issues that we also need to address. Right, absolutely. It is this sort of like scarcity mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you only have one Asian role. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have Crazy Rich Asians, the only film with an entire cast of Asians since Joy Luck Club, Mm -hmm. like a decade, more than a decade, 15 years earlier, I think. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe 20. Yeah, maybe yeah. 20. Long time. Yeah. Um, Thessaly LaForce, who is, uh, I believe, Taiwanese and white, wrote in T Magazine like year, last year about the lack of Asian representation in film. And she sort of talked about different Asian tropes as opposed to, you know, the representations that we want to see in film from our heroes. She says, quote, the rebel, the bad boy, the iconoclast, the prankster, the people we worship in our popular culture don't play by the rules. And she sort of puts this um, in opposition to the stereotype of the model minority. Was there a moment when you guys like came to see yourself as funny? Like, do you remember having an awakening of like, I'm, I'm, I am a I am a funny person. I am the prankster. Like, was there? <laughs> I mean, of course. Like, I don't think that I, I certainly didn't grow up as seeing myself as like a model minority. It was only sort of later that I came to realize that that was maybe how other people viewed mm-hmm. my peers and my family. But like, did you have a moment of awakening when you're like, I'm actually really funny? <laughs> I've I've always been very shy, mm-hmm. um, probably in part because of the cultural upbringing, mm-hmm. and I don't think I realized that I liked, I had a sense of humor until I went to a new middle school and I was like, I have to make friends and how am I gonna differentiate myself? And that's when I started coming out of my shell and like being a little bit funnier and like making jokes. And then I, people were laughing and I was like, oh, I guess what I'm doing is 
good and people like it. Um, and also, I just like felt nice to have people like laughing at things I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think I didn't realize I wanted to do comedy <laughs> for real until later in life. But I think that was like the one like moment, like spark when it happened. But definitely, I th- it took longer than maybe other kids just because. I was very, very quiet. Right. I'm yeah. curious, did you when you moved middle schools, were you in a predominantly Asian or white or mixed school? I was the only Asian girl. It was everyone was white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to be seen as like the Asian girl. So I definitely right. also used humor as a Guess way to Guess who's kind also of funny, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can do jokes too. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about you guys? Uh, also shy. Also uh-huh. probably mm-hmm. predominantly not Asian schools. But uh, I think the way I broke through was a I drew a lot, so I started like drawing comics, and that was like really popular. All the kids loved that, and I think that was like how I was able to express myself while still being able to be shy and in the background. Right. But as a performer, I think I started like doing uh, improv in like middle school, mm-hmm. and that was like maybe my first time able to like go on stage and like be in front of people and perform. And I was like, oh, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. I was also shy. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't think anyone saw this coming. But yeah, I would do I in I took acting classes in in high school and we were allowed to just like I I wanted to be like a serious actor, still do. Um, <laughs> I really wanted to be like a classical actor, still do. Um, but like we were allowed to do whatever monologues we wanted because I, I don't our teacher wasn't really like an acting teacher. Um, she's really nice though, but if she's, <laughs> um, she's accomplished in many other things. Um, so I would take like bits from Chris Farley movies and I would just do that in class. And I saw that that was going well. You had a strong <laughs> sense of your type from an early age. Yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was like, oh, you say we could do whatever, you know? And I would just do like I would do monologues that were just not appropriate for me at all and uh so that's like i think that was my first taste of just like i don't know that kind of attention and it felt really liberating too to Mm -hmm. just be like i get to you know do like man van down by the river River. (laughs) sure yeah yeah. and my friends are laughing because we all watch snl you know yeah um what do your parents think (laughs) (laughs) they just now started supporting me I'm really? 33 years old, and they just saw me do comedy for the first time this year. Really? Mm-hmm. What did they say after they saw you? My mom says that I speak very clearly, <laughs> <laughs> and she really likes that. That's great. Yeah. That's really helpful, positive yeah. feedback. Yeah. yeah. And I see where she's saying that. Yeah. As someone who immigrated from Thailand and, like, you know, struggled to learn another language, yeah, I really, I know, I see where she's coming from, and it means a lot. Mm-hmm. I think my parents are confused by it. I don't think they're surprised that I'm interested in it and I'm doing it. I do think they wonder, you know, is this worth your time? You know, it's is this something you should actually be pursuing? And they are very traditionally Asian in that they're like, go to grad school, you know, go get your MBA um, and things like that. But then when they, they do come and they come to my shows and they, they, don't say compliments, but they're like, you didn't suck up there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll like, take it. Yeah, and then I hear from other family members that they're talking me up, so I'm like, okay, so you're kind of proud of me. Right. Um, so it's a very Asian response to this, I think, which is like very quiet pride. Right. <laughs> um, but I do think they're confused by it, especially because they're not used to 
improv specifically mm-hmm. um, and like more like American sen- like American sensibilities right. when it comes to humor. So, so you're just making things up exactly. on stage <laughs> with your friends, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you should prepare stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Study you up. Memorized ahead of time, maybe yeah. even better. Yeah. <laughs> what about your parents, Donald? Uh, yeah, I think I have an the weird exception, because like my mom came from the arts. She was like a dancer when she was young. Yeah. And then my dad uh, did the traditional route where like he went to med school for a, a bit, but then dropped out because he hated it. Uh, and then I think because of that, together they're both like really supportive. My dad was like, I'm never going to push you to do anything you don't want to do. So you're pursuing what you want to do? Good. And my mom's like, great, you should do the thing. But they're very Asian about that, where they're just like, you got to be the best. You got to <laughs> do everything you can, all right? Don't waste time. <laughs> you got to do it. Do it right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think that your parents are funny? Because I think a lot of people talk about like having humorless Asian parents. But I think that my mom is like one of objectively the funniest people I know, like with actual jokes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think yeah. my parents are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> my mom was telling me how she calls my brother's my brother's cat is named Yoshi, and she was calling it the cat Yoshi Cheeto. And I was like, "Why do you call it Yoshi Cheeto? Is there like a memory or so, or something?" And she was like, "No, I just think it's really funny. <laughs> the cat is nothing looks nothing like a Cheeto. She just like does this to herself." There's no memory to it. It's just like she's very uh, yeah. I think she's pretty funny. She cracks herself up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think my dad was like he. I think I got my sense of humor from him because I remember as a little kid, like he would do all these jokes, but my entire family would never respond. (laughs) So now I think he's clammed up and he doesn't tell jokes anymore. But I'm like, oh, you used to be the funny guy, (laughs) and and the family just didn't respond to it. So. yeah. Well, like, sad. It is sad. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my God, as a little kid, I like totally just destroyed his sense of humor. <laughs> You're going to find like that your dad has a secret YouTube channel or something where he's mm-hmm. just like telling jokes to his like 50 <laughs> subscribers. <Yeah. laughs> um, maybe let's close out by talking about Always Be My Maybe. This is like, you know, mm-hmm. a big moment for uh, Asian, Asian film, Asian comedians. Um, who wants to talk about this film for people who maybe don't know what it is? Um, well, it's like a rom-com starring two Asian leads, Ali Wong and Randall Park. Randall Park. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the save. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I know his name. <laughs> um, and it wasn't an all-Asian cast, which I, I thought was also cool. Like, they're Asian leads, but then there's also other types of all different people in the cast. Is there? I don't know. I didn't provide any details. No, that's great. Okay. It's also a, a cameo by um, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Mm-hmm. Also Hapa. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And also just a great... Mm-hmm. I mean, so this really is what, like, this is two Asian-led rom-coms in the span of a year, mm-hmm. which is, like, 2,000% more Asian films than we've <laughs> right. had in the last couple decades. For sure. Um, I don't know. What do you guys hope, what do you hope the future of Asian representation and specifically Asian comedic representation looks like in, in film and movies? Like, do, do, we, do we want to be in a place where every time there's a film with an Asian male romantic lead we're celebrating, or do we want it to be come to a place where we're like, whatever, like, that film was bad, nobody saw it. <laughs> I guess what I want it to be is the point where, like, there could be a an, a bad Asian movie, mm-hmm. and there's not a deal made about it. Where it's just like, all right, yeah, it was bad. You want to watch it because it was like that bad. It was great. It's like how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I feel right now every Asian movie like is held to this crazy standard where it's like, oh, you better be good, and we got to show up. Even if you're bad, we got to show up because like we need to. Yeah, Whereas, like, yeah. I hope there's a point where like. We want to go see the movies. And audience members are like, oh, you know what? I, I just want to see this movie because, like, the story looks good. 
uh, not because of who's in it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's where we can uh, choose where we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't really want to go see the Asian zombie movie because I'm not that into zombie movies. But I will go see this other film that also has Asians in it. Yeah. As opposed to like mm-hmm. everybody has to go see the Asian movie that's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I host an all inclusive comedy show, uh, another show, not Asian AF. And um, I I have to, I say all inclusive, but I can't wait till the day that I don't have to say that. Like I really like if that makes sense to just be like that everything will be all inclusive and that that we'll see enough representation that it doesn't have to be like that's the Asian comedy, that's this. Even though it is, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to feel that way where it's just it's just happening happening naturally, you know? Right, a hundred percent. Like I want to be able to say with see a movie with Asian people without saying that's an Asian movie would be amazing. Um, And I think getting to a place where, you know, I don't know, Asians can play any role would be like just Mm. a dream, you know, not, they can be anything, they can be everything. Um, We're multifaceted and yeah, feeling like I don't have to go to every Asian movie to support it. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, you guys create a space where Asians get to be everything and anything at Asian AF. Tell people where they can see it. We're every month, the second Friday of the month, uh, at UCB Hell's Kitchen, which is at 555 West 42nd Street. Get your tickets soon because uh, they sell it really fast. Mm-hmm. And you can follow uh, Asian AF Show on mm-hmm. Instagram at Asian AF Show. Um, and that is a good way to keep up to date. That's yeah. Great. Well, Jenny, Nicole, Donald, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That's the show for today. If you liked what you heard, and even if you didn't, the best way to show it is to never do an Asian accent again. Or you could review 112BK on iTunes, and please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. 112BK is hosted by me, Mackenzie Fagan. It is series produced by Ross Tuttle, also produced by Fred Brown, Shereen Bargi, Isabel Alcantara, Naeem Van, and Emily Bogosian. It is recorded in studio by Clinton Filson Jr., Eric Hogseg, and Antonio M. Rosario. It is post-produced by Alexander Pointzolo, edited by Mira Al-Rahim, and executive produced by Jonathan Lee, Sasha Mathias, and Aziz Aisham. 